Hello listeners and welcome back to State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. My name is Stephen Payton and I will be your guide today. The date is Friday the 9th of July 2021. Let's get started. Kicking things off this week, it's the topic of oil. So, I'm sure you've heard about the huge amount of oil sitting in the Campbell oil field off the coast of Shetland. Well, this week, despite the ongoing climate crisis, the UK government have given the go-ahead for drilling to begin in 2022, extracting the equivalent annual portion of 16 coal-fired power plants in its first phase. This is entirely incompatible with any serious attempts to stop total climate breakdown and even the UK government's own alleged commitment to green policies. This field would be operating right up to the point where the UK government claims it will have net zero emissions. So what does that mean for Scotland? Well, Scotland's targets for net zero are set for five years ahead of Westminster. So how do you think that we can hit those targets when the UK government continue issuing licenses for further oil and gas extraction in Scottish waters. That remains a reserved issue, not something the Scottish Parliament has control over. With Scotland in the Union, our own climate targets are in serious jeopardy thanks to the reckless behaviour of Westminster, who remain committed to extracting as much oil as they can, seemingly throwing out any commitment to the Paris Agreement, which according to the International Energy Agency, requires no more development of oil and gas projects if we want to hit those 1.5 degree targets. Now, you might be thinking, sure, what Westminster is doing is reckless, careless. Another example of the short-sightedness that has come to define this government, and so on. And you would be right. But, Would the Scottish government behave any differently if it had the powers to grant oil and gas licences? After all, it seems pretty happy to prop up the oil and gas industry too, not to mention other major polluters as well, like Heathrow. Well, I'd like to think that they wouldn't be foolish enough to move ahead with further oil and gas exploration, given the chance, really. But even if they did, with a power in our hands, the Scottish government wouldn't be able to wipe its hands and point to Westminster. It would need to be accountable to us. That's one of the many things that independence can bring us, not only the means to more effectively tackle the climate crisis, but to hold our government more fully accountable if it fails to do so. And the fact that this is happening ahead of COP21 is, well, even more embarrassing, frankly. But embarrassment is what we have come to expect from the Tory government, especially around its relationship with Scotland. Just this week, Boris Johnson struggled to name three achievements he could pin to himself as Minister for the Union. The ministerial position he appointed himself back in 2019, and which has broadly been purely ornamental. During a three-hour evidence session to the Liaison Committee, the Prime Minister was asked about his achievements in the role, leading to even more mumbling and bumbling than usual. Instead of really answering though, he just said, I think it would be invidious of me to comment, and tried to change the subject. And I can see why it would be a touchy subject for the PM. Under his bumbling eye, support for independence has steadily grown over the past few years. 
These questions followed a bombshell affirmation that Boris Johnson allegedly wants to reverse devolution. Actually, no, that's not really a bombshell at all, is it? Johnson has been so openly hostile to devolution or anything that challenges the UK Parliament's hegemony that it is entirely unsurprising to have further sources confirm his position. In this case, it was the former aide to the PM, Dominic Cummings, who told The National that Johnson was a, quote, unthinking unionist who thinks devolution, the Scottish Parliament, was a disaster, would like to reverse it, but won't dare try. Cummings was responding to a question about Johnson's reported comments last year that devolution and the Scottish Parliament were a disaster. He later tried to walk it back and pretend that his words had been misinterpreted, but Cummings' claims would suggest that they were in fact wholly accurate of the PM's stance on devolution. Of course, Cummings has a grudge, so everything he says about the PM has to be viewed through that lens. On saying that though, it's not like Johnson and his government haven't provided endless examples already of their total disdain for the Scottish Parliament and, for that matter, Scottish democracy as a whole. One example being the fact that he will not back a second referendum despite a clear democratic mandate for Scotland to do so. Though, despite that, can he really stop us if we choose to hold one anyway? In fact, could a legal challenge to stop another referendum in fact help grow support for independence? According to Mac Vortrup, professor of political science at Coventry University and expert on independence movements across the world, that's exactly what could happen. He's actually urged the Tories to think of what it will look like to have a bunch of posh, mainly English lawyers blocking the will of the Scottish people. Writing in the Times, the professor said that even if the Tories did win a legal challenge against the second referendum, it would come with a serious political cost. It wouldn't be the first time that attempts from Westminster MPs and figures with no real clue in what's happening in Scotland have marched up to tell us what to do with hilarious consequences. That moment when a large group of pro-union politicians slowly filed through Glasgow, followed by someone on a bike blading the Imperial March from Star Wars remains an absolute highlight of the last referendum. And finally, this week, Tory MP John Redwood became something of a laughingstock after claiming that England was the most ignored country in the United Kingdom. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what he said. Following England's football win, Redwood tweeted, Brilliant England win, great for the UK, great for the most ignored and understated country in our union. Even the BBC has to mention England today. (laughs) So that last statement has just such huge, you can't even say Christmas anymore vibes. It is wild. What a laughable take. Particularly during the Euros. Just last week, Tesco's in Scotland were playing songs in support of the English team, seemingly with little regard for the fact that we too were part of the Euros at one point before, you know the inevitable happened. I I was still getting ads from brands on YouTube supporting the England team ahead of their match with Scotland. We just don't always factor into the equation when England is playing too. So to think England are somehow ignored is some level of chosen victimhood. But that does bring us to an end this week. 
So, with all that said, where does that leave the state of the union? Collapsing faster than the UK government's commitment to actually tackling climate change. See you all again next Friday.